The Derek and Mike Podcast. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate you being here. You can hit us up on Twitter at Derek and Mike Pod. Uh, we're on Instagram as Derek and Mike or on our website, DerekandMike.com. My name is Mike, and this is my boy, the hairiest mofo I've seen in a long time, Derek. What's up, Mike? Hey, everybody. Sasquatch coming in. Yeah, I don't know if you can hear Derek or not. Uh, he may be coming in a little muffled from beneath that gigantic man bush on his face. <laughs> Actually, it might kind of distribute the sound kind of better now. Oh, is it an acoustic accessory? It is. Yeah, ah. it bounces back and it goes in who knows what direction. You don't Ooh. even know. You don't an even know. An omnidirectional beard pattern. Yeah, that's right. That's Nice. Why it's all fuzzed up. Mm-hmm. Hey, dude, you're becoming very Tennessee. Yeah. Um, you've got a giant beard. Mm-hmm. You drive a pickup truck. Mm-hmm. Um, you own land in, in tomato country. I forgot yep. what it was called already. Granger County. Yep. Ranger County. That Ranger, sounds very... Ranger County. Do, do you have to say it with a twang, like Ranger County? No, it's not Ranger County. It's Granger. It starts with a G, like a oh, like G-string. Is, is the G silent? No. <laughs> no, oh. it's Granger. I'm saying a G when I'm, when I'm oh. saying it out loud. Why can't you hear right. a G? Right. You guys <laughs> so, not have G in California? Granger. <laughs> we got all the G's it's in California, great. dude. We're G'd up. <laughs> oh man. So okay, so I wonder if you as a as a uh as a full fledged Tennessean mm-hmm. have a super expensive cooler, um, an ice chest. Do, do you have like a really nice expensive ice chest? No, I don't. Swing and a miss. Ooh, yeah. wow. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, no, I think it's a very Tennessee thing not to have an expensive ice chest. Like, do you have a big ice chest at all? Wait, when you say a cooler, are we talking about like an, a, one you plug into the wall or just like one that no, you... No, no. Yeah, no, just like an ice chest, something you would bring camping and fill with beer and ice. Oh, yeah, I got a couple. I mean, I don't have one of those really super nice expensive ones, but um, I right. sold it when I left California. I kind of had one of those, but... Uh, oh, you expensive. did? Kind of, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was like uh-huh. 200 bucks. It was, you know, the real thick walls, and they yeah. really insulate the shit out of it, and um, yeah. insulates it for days, and the ice is still ice after like three days. Now, now I find that even more interesting. So you used to have a super expensive cooler as a Californian, but now that when you moved, you, you sold it? I did. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. All right. I like that. And, and I guess... Yeah. The, the direction I'm going in with this is I've got both. So I've got some super expensive ones. I've got a, a few different Yetis. Oh, ooh, um, look at you over here. I, I will say I did not buy any of them. Um, hmm. The big, I've got a big, hard-sided, like a solid Yeti. Um, ooh, it's, a four, it's a 45, so it's not like the biggest one, but it's a pretty good size. It's like a, a decent size yeti cooler uh-huh. and um i don't know what they cost dude i think they're like 300 bucks or something just ridiculous for a cooler yeah. and it keeps keeps ice for like three weeks or something like that like just insane specs that um are impressive and expensive and questionably useful uh and so i've got this yeti i want it at a shooting tournament um so it's a prize and i feel obligated to use it because i want it i'm proud of it and it's super expensive and it's got a you know, an awesome brand name and, you know, I'm kind of a brand whore uh-huh. and, uh, I, I, every time I use it, I feel stupid because it's super inefficient. Um, it's a big cooler, but it doesn't hold shit. It, it doesn't hold that much stuff. Like you said, the walls are super thick. So the inside space of it is actually way less than, than what an inexpensive cooler of the same size would actually hold. Yeah. And, um, so it's like, okay, so I can only fit like a 12-pack in this gigantic cooler, and it stays cold for a week, but like, I've never needed to keep beer cold for a week. I don't yeah. I don't camp for multiple days. I'm not going on like, you know, four-day benders in the desert or something where I need multiple days of, of, of coolage. Uh, yeah. I'm just drinking beer like today. You know what I mean? Like, I just need yeah. cold beer, like, this afternoon for a few hours while we're hanging out at a park or in my backyard or at, at, at like, a football game parking lot. Um, it's it's not necessary. 
to have the super expensive cooler for me at least yeah no that's a great point and um yeah it's just like a bragging factor right it's like oh hey my cooler keeps things cold for days on end well, and it's um, like the brand, too. Like, Yeti is that brand. You see people driving around with the Yeti sticker on the back of their truck or whatever. Or at least we do here because, um, you know, brands matter in uh, California. That proud yeah. of their uh, their ice cooler, huh? I, I get Or it's not even, they may not even own the cooler. They might have just bought a Yeti hat and it came with the sticker. And they're just like, I'm a Yeti guy. I I, <laughs> I sport Yeti. And like, I wear Izod, too. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I wear Izod and Yeti. Yeah. I'm the fanciest camper you've ever met. You don't even know somebody like me. <laughs> I'm wearing Izod pants right now. That's funny. Are you really? Yeah. No. Yeah, they're like golf pants. They're not fancy Izod pants. They're stretchy golf pants. Okay, you didn't buy them. I did, actually. They're you my did? favorite pants. Oh, man. Oh, I'm going to tell the boys. That's Dude, it. you uh, fuck. Uh, well, hey, it is what it is. I should, I should own it. Yeah. No. Eyes on. That's eyes on. I know. Say, that's how you should be required to say it. Eyes on. I got eyes on. Hey, dude, if you wear them out there, you can just call it Izzard. Yeah. <laughs> you wearing eyes on? No, they're Izzard. Yeah. I don't see eyes on out here. I see uh, everybody wears, um, not everybody, definitely not everybody, but pe- more people wear polo out here. But that's kind of like in the West Knoxville. That's like the... Uh, um, we're better than you side of of the uh, city. Do do they pop their collar? No, they're not Cause that bold. Um, okay, because that's kind of an East Coast thing, and you're not quite East Coast, but you're way more East Coast than me. Now, if they if there is collar popping going on, it's definitely going on in West Knoxville, but it uh-huh. generally doesn't happen here in Tennessee. I've never seen popping the collar. My wife tries to get me to pop the collar. We'll be going out to dinner sometimes. She's like, pop. I'm like, you, no, you don't. Uh-uh. No, uh-uh. no, uh, I'm not. I'm not like uh, Don Johnson or some shit, you know. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> is, he, is he that, popped, you know he popped his collar, didn't he? Because is that like your wife's like East Coast, right? She's from Boston or something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So, so to her, cool, handsome dudes pop their collar. Yeah. So she's trying to like f- make you fit that mold. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. But like yeah. she doesn't understand from the guy's perspective, you know, you see another dude with a pop collar, you're like, what a little bitch. <laughs> right? Is that is that what it's you say? You're like a little bitch. Always. Dude, and it's bitch. never even just like a like like a black polo shirt. It's like always like salmon colored or something. You know, it's it's yeah. uh it's a very specific color. It's gotta have the little polo dude or the alligator dude or fucking maybe even Izod. And uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, dude, the, the pop collar thing is uh, is a very specific regional thing that they think is cool, and I'm sure it's very cool for them. But uh, yeah, yeah, just stay, but if you stay, you stay in your town. Yeah, stay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where if wherever you see other pop collars at, you know, I guess you, you're going to be safe over there. And but you know, I wouldn't venture outside that town that much. You know, no, like if you're a collar popper at home in Boston and you take a vacation to like, um, you know, San Diego or Vegas, like, you know, just, you know, just like, don't pop your collar. Just like leave the salmon shirt at home. Yeah. Yeah. You might get away with it in San Diego. No, you won't get away with it in Corona. No, no. You'd probably get punched in Corona, maybe stabbed. Yeah. Um, but but (laughs) stabbed with something that's not even a knife, like, like a, just a broken shard of glass or something like, 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 like what else, Mike? Uh, maybe san diego san diego's not so preppy a little more preppy than most other areas i I don't know i think san diego is the preppy los angeles it's like you got la right yeah you got the cool free punk la and san diego is like okay now we're gonna wear like uh, low heel, low cut shoes over here and we're gonna wear like oh yeah like boat like boat shoes with no socks yeah, it, it, we did not fit in in San Diego. We went to San Diego that one time. And we, we stuck out like a sore thumb. You, you remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Loud like we were fish out of water on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were very, uh, we were very inland uh, for the San Diego crew. Yeah, I mean, like Chris would have his. Uh, what was that? That chain that hung down. Um, yeah, the wallet chain. Yeah, the big wallet chain, you know, with the, yeah. the Dickies the, and, you know, half our boys yeah. are wearing Dickies and... Yeah, um, Dickies and, uh, and... Yeah, yeah. Bands. You know what's, what 
is interesting is that whole style is coming back now. I mean, styles are all like generation, generationally easy for me to say, are generationally cyclical. Um, and and now like that '90s style of baggy pants and shirts that are too big and wallet chains and stuff is uh, all kind of coming back. I'm starting to see it again. Yeah, you. I remember you mentioned that before on the podcast. How you're checking out this young kid, and you're like, well, "Wait a minute, I don't mean to be checking out this young kid. I just, I was just, I can't believe that he's wearing baggy pants." Yeah, he's wearing fucking Jenkos, like big ass pants, not just kind of baggy, like full blown. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah like full blown giant pants. Yeah, that, that was funny when you guys wore that back then, man. You know, I, <laughs> you know, I, I was. Let's see, what would I wear? I would wear not the. They weren't like super tight on me, but they weren't like super loose either. They were way tighter than what you guys were. Um, uh, yeah, you wore like jeans that fit you. Yeah, which that's when, the way when, you say it. When uh, gigantic pants were in, your normal jeans were super gay and tight. <laughs> um, and then when super tight, even gayer jeans came in, your pants were too loose and not cool at all. Yeah, um, yeah. But really, never... your pants never changed. They were just always pants that fit you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess I never really had my finger on the pulse too much, but uh, I had it on my own pulse. Yeah, and yeah. You're like I just buy pants that fit. You know, I don't know. Call me, call me weird. I go to a store and I find pants that fit me. Yeah, we're all queer. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky was always the same Rick way too. Yeah, Rick. Rick. Rick Rick's Rick, always just yeah. bought jeans that fit him, whether it was the giant baggy pants era or the super tight skinny jeans era. Rick just bought pants that fit him. Well, Rick also has big legs, too, so, like, Rick's pants that fit him were tight, always tight, because he's just a big guy as well, yeah. too, so. Yeah, I guess so. Just, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Rick's, uh, he's like a stump. Like, he's a very stumpy guy. He's a big he, dude. He's big-boned, I would say. Would, would you he's call big Rick boned. big bone? <laughs> I'm not fat, I'm big-boned. I'm big-boned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Do you talk to any of the old, uh dudes anymore i talk to rick every once in a while i'm very disconnected with our old group of friends sadly no i just talked to ron oh yeah 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 me and ron we text probably like a few times a week right on and every once in a while like if we're both drinking at the same time on a weekend we'll catch each other and you know shoot the shit for a little while but um yeah that's pretty much it and uh no i think probably just like you right i think of them all the time you know it's like i think of like uh you know fingers and uh um <laughs> i think i think of fingers <laughs> yeah fingers and um uh, brian and uh or maul i should say yeah um not like in a gay way but i think like you know you know how it is you're like you're doing your everyday thing and you're like oh you know what this reminds me of maul or this reminds me of such and such or this reminds me of uh, uh raul you know and you know yeah. just and sometimes you wonder too i wonder like and i'll have thoughts about you sometimes too i'm like and then i'm saying i wonder if mike is thinking about me at that same time you know what i mean because you ever have those things that just come up that float up and you're just like wait a minute why am i having this thought about mike and i know i've done that with with uh, ron though where i've had a thought about ron and I shit you not, man, like he'll text me right away or he'll call me like, and it might be like after a span of like a month that we haven't talked, you know? Yeah. All of a sudden um, it's just like, I don't know, man, the stars just told me to call you. I don't even have anything to say. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't believe in divine coincidence like that, do you, Mike? No, no, no. It's just some random shit. It's, it's a just coincidence. random chance. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, we're all just a bunch of clumps of molecules bouncing off each other over here. Just randomly. Yeah, just randomly. Yeah, there's no order to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude i was reading the story the other day uh, you're gonna, actually, you're I was... change my my goal in life is to get you to see that it's not like that but no. it, it can't be me pushing it on you i'm not like i'm not talking about brainwashing you just so you think that because that's not the right way but just for you to set up an experience for you to have and say oh wait a minute it's not totally random oh my god derek's been telling me this all my life <laughs> And you'll, just sit, and you'll just sit back nodding with a smirk like, yeah, that's right. I told you. Yeah, and you won't have to tell me that, that you realize that. I'll be like, yeah, I know. I, I already knew. I knew because it was divined. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I just don't think people are that important to have some sort of divination at work. I think we're just just as significant as like an ant or something. Do, do you think ants are divined? Um. Well, no. I mean, I don't necessarily think that people are divine from that perspective either. I, but I do think that there's mm, energy waves i guess or uh (laughs) um how would you call it like uh (laughs) i don't know bullshit um, (laughs) no no there's (laughs) there's there is some type of energy or something that flows and then when you tap in when you're okay let me put it this way i think when you're on the right path in life like on Uh your right path in life Mm mm-hmm Things will happen that will appear coincidental and you're like, how the fuck did that just happen? That that can't be a coincidence. And then it, those things will happen like that only when you're kind of on the, your right path in life. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess some things just feel right sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It can certainly seem that way. I don't know if it is that way or not, but it certainly seems that way sometimes where you're just like, yeah, this all just feels right. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. There's confirmations I think that you can get that will affirm that, like right. without a shadow of a doubt. Okay. Uh huh. All right. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> challenge. I'm throwing down a challenge. Hey, do you want to hear about a lady who steals chicken wings? Yeah. <laughs> you can't say no. No, <laughs> like, I can't. Yeah. I do nah, want to hear about it. No, nah, I'm good. Let's talk about this some more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. Okay. So, um, I listen to news podcasts purely to sift out the weird shit. Like, there's plenty of stuff in there about fucking China and Ukraine and Russia and, and uh, you Snooze. know. Snooze. Yeah, yeah, just, nah, whatever. You know, human yeah. trafficking, starvation, all this. Like, next, yeah. next, next. Yeah. And then chicken wings. Okay, what? now I'm tuned in. Yeah. And uh, there's, <laughs> there's a lady. <laughs> there's a lady who worked for a school district. And during COVID, um, uh, they, she embezzled like a million and a half dollars worth of chicken wings through the school's food ordering, um, processes, a million and a half dollars in chicken wings. What? I don't know what, I don't know how many wings that works out to, but I, I think the answer is a fucking lot of wings. Um, well, well like how many, how many wings are a dollar? Right, like it's uh, well, especially be... when you're buying me. I mean, she's clearly buying them in bulk, right? She's not out just buying like you know eight wings for lunch. Like she's buying a million and a half dollars worth of wings. Like she must be buying them in cases. Yeah. Um. So, uh, so more than a million dollars worth of stolen chicken wings. Um. This lady Vera, she was the director of food services, um, at this uh, school district, and um, she. She had this whole like embezzlement scheme, apparently. And uh, where the fuck is the amount, dude? Like, I'm trying to kind of scroll through here when I was reading. I was like, oh my God. And um, so the schools were closed because it was COVID 19 and they were doing like virtual learning. And um, uh, so the kids weren't even in school. And she was ordering like this insane amount of chicken wings as if they were for the school, like for lunch. Yeah. Which is ridiculous because no kids are in school and she's ordering a million dollars worth of chicken wings. And then the other thing is the fucking school can't even serve wings because it has bones in it. Like, so not only are there no kids, but those kids who aren't there can't even eat chicken wings. Yeah, no kidding. So it's like, I don't know, maybe she should have like picked a different food. Like, I don't know, embezzled a million dollars worth of like hot dogs or, you know, fucking French bread pizza or whatever they serve in school. That's what I had when I was in school. Yeah. Um, but she chose chicken wings and, uh, she got busted dude uh, after embezzle or, or like falsely ordering. And then apparently like selling out the back door on black market, <laughs> you know, the, the black market chicken wing circuit, 11,000 cases of chicken wings. Whoa. 11,000 cases. 11,000 cases. I mean, and imagine how many chicken wings are probably in a case. I mean, at least a hundred or 200 or maybe more. Right. Man, yeah. I mean, it's a lot of chicken wings. I want to know who that's going to. I guess the local chicken, you know, the the chicken brothers uh um restaurants that 
probably just started to shut down because they're like, shit, we were getting damn near free chicken wings for like the last year. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they're not getting any chicken wings. Yeah. Uh, our, our main chicken supplier, Vera, um, she's been keeping us, you know, chock full of chicken wings. And uh, now all of a sudden, we can't get a hold of her. Her phone's just going straight to voicemail. So does she have a statement on the, on the matter? Uh, no, she she declined to comment um, about her chicken wing embezzlement. <laughs> but I was thinking too, like I was thinking about all the periphery shit. Like, imagine the company she was buying all these these eleven thousand cases of chicken wings from. They're just like business is booming. Like sales are through the roof. This is a record chicken wing quarter for us. Like they were just crushing it. You know, they're like, man, this school district is fucking buying a lot of chicken wings because <laughs> <laughs> you know they're all getting authorized checks or payments from like official like from a school district yeah and uh i don't i don't really get it um uh so oh what's this part dude so uh january in 2022 the district business manager conducted a routine mid-year audit. Like, all right, let's just check out the books and see what we're spending money on. And discovered that there was over $300,000 in the annual budget for fucking chicken wings. Like, just in some small period of time that she chose to flip open the books and take a look like, wait, wait a minute, what the fuck? Who's eating all these chicken wings? Our kids can't even eat chicken wings. And wait a minute, it's COVID. There are no kids in school. Like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> Where is all this chicken wing abundance going to? <laughs> what is going on, dude? And, uh, um, dude, the lady used, like, a cargo van. So Vera, the, the chicken wing kingpin, um, she was showing up at this food service company, fic- fucking picking up cases of chicken wings and throwing them into a cargo van. And uh, they never went to the school, obviously, because there's no kids there or nothing. Like, I don't know where she went, dude. She had some black market connections in for chicken wings, dude, and was fucking banking on it. What state was this in? It doesn't say. Maybe it does if I read it more closely. Uh, Google it real quick. Vera Chicken Wing Embezzlement. See if you can find the state. I'm just seeing the name of the county. Or maybe just Google the name of the county. Okay. Uh, I scrolled past it. Vera Chicken chicken Wing Embezzlement. (laughs) I love it. I fucking love this story. The Cook County. Oh, Cook County. Oh, it's in Illinois, huh? Illinois, uh, yeah, yeah. What's wrong with sh- Illinois? Should have known. Oh yeah, <laughs> I Illinois. I have no, I have no idea. Yeah, dude. And then, okay, so I'm immature, and I'm not racist at all, but I enjoy racist things. Um, and I couldn't help my mind going in a direction of Vera's a black lady, and mm. she's embezzling chicken wings. And yeah. uh, that part of it's kind of funny, right? Like it's there. Yeah, know? it's it's there. Are we supposed to ignore it? Like it's racist yeah. to ignore it. Like let's just acknowledge it. A black lady is embezzled over a million dollars worth of chicken wings. Like she right. likes chicken. What yeah. are you gonna do? No. Yeah, I get you there. Yeah, I mean it would. Um, I mean, yeah, your mind goes to, hey, what can I make money off of? Well, what do I like? I like what? chicken wings. <laughs> hey, they say. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're doing something you like, then you're you never work another day in your life. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, you love chicken. Embezzle chicken wings. Like, why not make it your business, you know? Wow, this uh, this article has, like, a video, and they put a whole uh, montage together, of, and they have, like... Of her, uh, what, loading chicken wings into her van? No, they're, they're like, showing chicken <laughs> wings being dressed. They're, like, showing chicken wings that are raw, and they're, like, pouring, you know, hot sauce over top of them, and, like... Oh, like, stock just... footage of chicken wings being made? Yeah, yeah. So, you, just... can, so you can just picture the the rivers of gold she must be swimming in yeah and they then they zoom in like a map you know from outer space and then it zooms in on illinois where the chicken wing theft happened um huh oh and it oh this is a getcha the food service director of an impoverished illinois school district ah oh, that's poor even kids. shittier ripping off poor kids who aren't Rip even there who can't even eat boned food <laughs> so fucked up it's, this, this is, is fucking it's gold I, I mean i love it this is the kind of yeah. new story i live for dude I, I can listen to hours and hours and hours of mind-numbing horrible propaganda news and then i find this and i'm like awesome that's what i was looking for yeah the food service provider employees all knew liddell by by name due to the massive amount of chicken wings she she would purchase prosecutors said 
Well, I mean, she must have been their best customer by far. Like, not just, oh, hey, Vera buys a lot of chicken wings. No, like, she's putting that company's executives' kids through college, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like, they're probably, she, like, looking at this thinking, like, oh, something seems not right, but, hey, don't look. We're making a lot of money on this. Yeah, just shut up and keep boxing those chicken wings. Keep bringing them out <laughs> the back door to her in her van, you know? Like, just, yeah, don't fuck this up, Frank. Shut up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love this one. Yeah, that's man. nuts, man. You know what it made me think, too? Like, the, the racist part of it. Like, a black lady stealing chicken wings and all that. Like, okay, it's racist to say black people like chicken. But mm-hmm. then I was thinking, like, that seems like such nonsense. Like, it's not even a, a unique food specific to that ethnic group at all. Like, chicken is the most ubiquitous food there is. I mean, even when you say, like, oh, something tastes like normal everyday shit you would say like oh it just tastes like chicken meaning everything it's the most it's the most common thing in the world so it's weird to even have chicken as a as a racial stereotype you know what i mean yeah it's pretty universal like everybody likes chicken right right? like every culture every color every age group like everybody likes chicken why why is it why do black people get chicken i like chicken why can't why can't i have chicken yeah no what yeah you can't have chicken mike um, well, I, and I do. All right, I, I, I take yeah, I take my liberties. I do eat chicken, but I want credit for that. I don't want yeah. the the stigma of eating delicious chicken to not be accessible to my race. Now I'm insulted. Yeah, that is kind of that is kind of messed up, huh? <laughs> I'm calling the that's, NAACP. It's kind of reverse racism, really. It, well, it's a weird one. It's like okay, so I get um, I don't know, like a uh, like a curry. You know, Indian people eat curry. Like that's a pretty specific food for that i don't know ethnicity or or region or whatever like it's pretty specific most places in the rest of the world don't eat curry um mm. that that place eats uh like a uh an extra huge amount of curry so it makes sense to be like ah indians eat curry i don't know if that's yeah. you know racist or insulting or not cuz they eat curry right yeah but, no they'll say it. they and they love uh, they eat curry they love their curry they yeah. they love in indian people love indian food more than everything like yeah. they they and they got good damn food so i'm like right there with them i i would uh, almost oh you don't like indian food huh oh no 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 it's fine it's it's not my favorite but i do eat it i like it yeah no it's cool i think it's a little yeah. too strong in the flavor department for me um yeah. like I, i'm not a big fan of curry my wife cooks with it sometimes and i'm kind of like yeah not a big fan but um that food choice makes sense to me to attach to a racial group but like the chicken one just seems like well, like everybody eats chicken every race. Well, they do, but I did have a black roommate for a few years. Um, yeah, his name was Lou, and I'm I won't lie, he ate a lot of chicken. Okay, like, he would make fried chicken all the time, and it's uh. funny we're talking about this because the other day I was thinking about because somebody was like, "Hey, how do you make your chicken extra crispy?" I wish I asked Lou because Lou knew how to make chicken. You know, but he would like get a big boiling pot vat. Is it a pot of vat or vat of vat of fat? Is that how you oh, say okay. it? Okay, big what? vat of fat and have it boiling. All and right, he would just dip his chicken in there, and it would it, come out, and it would smell good, and it would look good, but uh, it would make a big, huge mess. Dude, honestly, like nothing is as good as as fresh, well done fried chicken. Like and well, mm-hmm. and that's not even like okay. So it's kind of a black thing, but because there's so many black people in the South, it's totally a Southern thing. Like that's a Southern food, you know. I mean, Southern white people make fried chicken just as much as Southern black people do. Um, so it's kind of weird that that even got attached to black people, like the fried chicken thing, you know. Well, maybe it's more because like you know, it's not like I wouldn't see Lou eat like a hamburger, but like chicken was his go-to meat though. Like okay. he, he wouldn't like mix it up much. So gotcha. maybe it was just because of the variety. Like he just, I mean, chicken was mostly it. That was like the biggest staple right there. Okay. So maybe, hmm. maybe that's kind of like, maybe it's because of the lack of other meat that they eat a lot of, I suppose. I don't know. I'm just guessing. And you know, some of this, you know, might be economic. Cause like he grew up in, um, was it Chicago? No, Detroit. He grew up okay. in Detroit. He was poor as hell. Yeah. And uh like he told stories about like how he would go and steal chicken. You know, but from um, like farms and shit or like stores or the like store. how? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. 
Huh. He stole a chicken. Mm-hmm. Wow. I just picture him, like, reaching into a coop and grabbing a live chicken by the feet and running away with it, like, clucking and shit. <laughs> but chicken is cheaper than, generally is cheaper than beef, isn't it? So maybe uh, that is... I don't know, dude. I mean... Not now. Ma- I mean, not now. Fuck now, right now, dude. Chicken's now, like a we, rich man's meal right now, dude. Yeah, fuck, man. You no. go out and you buy, like, two breasts of chicken at, at, at Trader Joe's, and it's like $11 for two fucking breasts of chicken. Like, whoa, man. Yeah, fuck this time period right now. Everything that we knew is like out the window now. I have no yeah. idea. I have no reference point for for America at, uh, at yeah. this moment. Yeah, yeah. Food affordability is like nothing is is cheap anymore. Um, I don't know, rice and beans maybe. I don't know. I don't buy big bags of rice and beans, but maybe that's still that's still affordable. But chicken, fuck man, I eat a lot yeah. of chicken because uh, I try to like. I try to eat lean and whatever, so we eat a lot of chicken, and it fucking is anything but cheap. It's expensive as all hell. Are you still doing keto? No. No, I stopped a long time ago. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Do you yep. have any kind of plan? Are you doing um, any kind of... Just eat better. Like, I, 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 try, I try not to eat much sugar, and since I've been eating so little sugar for so long, like, I don't really crave sugar like I used to. I don't eat, you know, whole packs of cookies or brownies or any of that kind of shit, except on a rare occasion. Um, and now it's like when I do eat sugar, it kind of fucks my stomach up. Like my body's not used to sugar, you know, which is great. Um, and since you did keto all those years, right. It's not like you're going to tear into a box of cheese nips and eat half of them. Right. Cause you yeah. kind of know like, Oh, that's fucked up. It's like, poison, yeah. Right? Yeah. So like a mass amount of carbs, I, I still avoid, but I eat carbs like every day now, you know, I'll eat like tortillas and rice and, and, and even carby vegetables or fruit that I totally wouldn't touch when I was doing keto and that kind of thing. Cause I was like zero carb was the goal. Um, mm-hmm. so no, I don't really do anything now as far as like a structured plan or restrictive eating. I just, I just try to eat better, you know? Yeah. And I do, mm-hmm. I, I've kept most of the weight off. I, I'm, um, in good shape and yeah, it worked out pretty yeah. good. That whole keto thing was a good, like life shift. And then, uh, I went extreme with keto and then I kind of came back to a normal diet, which was way healthier than the ridiculous way I used to eat before I did anything. Yeah. Yeah, I was on keto for about um, maybe four months. Okay, uh, over the summer, I think, kind of when we paused on the uh, the podcast for a little while, I was doing keto, and I would say probably about four months. I got down to one sixty five, which is I think it's like impossible for me to get lower than that. I don't think I I am able to get. Yeah, lower than one. That's actually as low as I got too. One sixty five, maybe like one sixty three. And dude, everyone I saw was just like, "Dude, you're too skinny, Mike." Like, uh-huh. yep. it's you're too fucking thin. Yeah, you were pretty skinny, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I mean, I don't think I could healthily get thinner than that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a fun experiment, but you know, I don't know. I probably put, I think I put twenty pounds on that now. Now I'm like one eighty five most days. Uh, it's a good weight. Yeah, I feel good. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, it, it taught me a lot too. And I, I'm with you. Like when I did keto, I was like super like, oh, I can't eat a, a banana or I can't eat an apple because that's too oh. many carbs. Yeah. You yeah. Know, one one grape fucking wrecks your day, you know? Yeah. It, and, and I guess, you know, when you're, when you're getting into keto, it's good to have that discipline. Otherwise you'll never like get, get into ketosis or whatever. But right. I, I, uh, way loosened up and I, I mostly, I just look at like the macronutrients, you know, like, okay, I'm eating mostly fat and protein and I'll eat carbs, but if I eat carbs, I do try to get it through like something like vegetables or fruit, Yeah, you know? And as long as I'm doing that, I feel like I'm fine. As long as I'm not just, you know, putting back the cheese nips and yeah, yeah. shit yeah, like yeah. that. And I think I've read studies to, to the opposite effect but i think fructose is better than like artificial sugar added sugars and stuff so you know like fruit sugar just feels more natural um plus there's like vitamins and nutrients in fruit so it's just like that's eh, a give and take you know and it's not like i'm sitting down um eating an insane amount of fruit which would be the sugar equivalent of like a whole handful of cookies which i don't even eat that you know like if i eat cookies i eat like one or two at most and then i go oh man my stomach feels like shit yeah, you'd have to eat a lot of fruit. You'd have to like juice the fruit and then drink yeah. the juice to like have too much sugar out of fruit, yeah. you know. So yeah, you, yeah. you know, I'm not really worried about how much sugar I get from fruits and stuff. And like you said, it has a lot of uh nutrients in it. Mm-hmm. They're like nutrient dense. So Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it, it, it like doing the hardcore keto thing really taught me um, eating discipline, and it showed me like what I'm capable of, and then now it feels like this easy, dialed-back version of eating well is just easy and, and, and doesn't require any tracking or anything. It's just the obvious stuff like, hey, don't eat a shitload of cookies every day, and, uh, you know, moderate your portions. Like, you don't need to eat an insane amount of food for lunch, you know, when I'm going out to lunch with customers or whatever. It's, it's uh, I don't know, I just, I'm more moderate now. And then, like, stoicism, which I try to study and practice, helps me on that front, too. It's like, just because something's maybe available and delicious, you don't need to eat an insane amount of it. Like, moderation is a, is a, uh, a key piece of stoicism, and I try to practice that. Um, and that kind I've of play, that, that comes into play. Too. Have you really? Wow. Yeah. Touche. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And that a trip. Maybe we found it at the same time. Wow. Yeah. I've been kind of who dabbling knows? in stoicism for a few years. Yeah. Um, me too. you know, who got yeah. me into it is, um, <laughs> is a, uh, fucking Tim. Why can't I think of his name? The, the guy you turned me on to the four hour work week. Oh, Tim Ferriss. Uh-huh. Tim Ferriss. Yeah. 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 So starting to kind of read his books years ago, when you turn me on to four hour work week, I like, I really like this guy, you know? So I started kind of following him or reading a few of his, few of his books and he, he is a uh, practicer of stoicism. And then he led me to a few other people in books that were like full blown, hardcore, immersive, um, stoic, uh, practice insights and like how it really works, like much more hardcore than Tim Ferriss does it. And I enjoy it, you know? I mean, I don't, I don't take it to the nines, um, but, uh, in a lot of different ways, like trying to appreciate what I have instead of focusing on what I want, um, simplifying and, and appreciating the people around you. Um, Mm -hmm. like it sounds morbid, dude, but like just the idea of, um, we'll all be dead soon is a really comforting thing to me. And it helps center me, uh, Mm -hmm. to where I appreciate being alive myself and being alive with the people I love who are around me. Um, even at bad times, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. which has helped me in fatherhood a lot because it's easy to like get all super frustrated or whatever if your kids aren't sitting still or listening or, you know, just being buttholes or whatever. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's really helped me to kind of take a step back and just be like, one day I'm going to miss this this time when they're throwing tantrums and kicking and screaming Um, because one day they won't even be around anymore. They'll be out doing their own thing and I'll be wishing they're called, you know, so enjoy this tantrum while you, while you can. And, uh, it's a weird thing, but it's so true. And it's helped me enjoy, um, life at all kinds of levels, the most basic level. And then even the most like macro level. I'm with you. Yeah. You know, one of the ways that it's helped me is looking at situations that would like previously frustrate the fuck out of me. Yeah. And, and it's kind of like, okay, well, what control do you have on this situation? Like Mm -hmm. seriously right now, what, what can you control? Well, I can't control shit. Okay. Well then why fucking worry about it? Or, and it's easy to say, but you know, it is, but it's, it's more important than owning it is being aware of it and trying to practice it. And Mm -hmm. Even if you're not perfect at things like that, like, yeah, stuff's still going to get under your skin and frustrate you. But if you can remain aware of what you can control and what you can't control and focusing on and spending all of your energy only thinking about what you can control and fuck the rest makes it so much less stressful. It makes the outcome better and it makes you okay with whatever the outcome is because you can at least say, well, I couldn't control that and it sucked, but I can control this and I did that and I did control it. So that's the best I could have done. Um, so that is, is a, is a really cool element of stoic practice is focusing on what you can control and forgetting about what you can't or not letting what you can't control, um, bother you as much. I like the other thing too. The other one that sticks to me is, you know, you kind of touched on it there, but, um, and I listen to these on YouTube, you know, they'll sometimes have that 10 minute YouTube thing Mm -hmm. of like Marcus Aurelius, uh. Yeah. Um, quotes and stuff and and there's always this one guy i forgot what his name was but he does a d- good job at disseminating those and kind of putting them and in then into like 10 different bullet points but one of them is like you know this might be your last day this literally fucking might be your last day yeah so like live like it is your last day i and like that yeah it really it really is emancipating like you're saying mm-hmm. you know it's kind of like well fuck if this is my last day 
you know, and, and I don't really live like it cause I, I don't, I don't have my will set up. You know, I, I need like a living will and a trust set up. I should probably, if like I really believed it, I would fucking do that first. Yeah. But, um, but it really does put things in perspective though. It just aligns all the priorities that I have to do in life and say uh-huh. like, okay, what is the most important? And of course, family. And if number if, one, and a lot like uh-huh. Zen, there's a lot of, there's a lot of similarities between stoicism and Zen Buddhism. Now I'm no Zen yeah, master, yeah. but from what little I understand, it feels very similar um, in practice to stoicism. And it's, uh, it's like um, uh, uh, being where you are in the moment. Like there's no, there's no use imagining what could happen later on and thinking about it and stressing out about these imagined possibilities or fictitious realities or just fabricated um, thoughts and there's no mm-hmm. use worrying about things that have already happened stuff that was in the past that happened there's no use replaying it in your head and thinking whoa well if i had said this or done this what would have happened then like none of that yeah. none of that is useful and if you just focus about what uh, focus on what you're doing right now the here and the now kind of thing then it's super simplifying and clarifying um you can just say well i'm right here right now what can i do uh okay so i'm right here right now and if i died tomorrow or in a minute like how would i want to spend right now i'd want to go hug my kids and and then so it's like dude i'm weird but spontaneously i'll have that that thought that epiphany and i'll just go and i'll just grab my both my boys and just hug the shit out of them and they must think like what's up with dad you know but like i've done that a million times to where i'm just kind of like i i'm right here right now and if i get hit by lightning uh i'm gonna go fucking hug these two motherfuckers right now i do the same thing man sometimes my daughter will just be sleeping and i'm just like i get that overwhelming feeling feeling of just how much i love her and i'm just like i'm just gonna give her a hug and a kiss while she's sleeping even you know and i'll just give her a kiss you know sometimes i feel guilty because like it might almost wake her up she's a heavy sleeper but i just you know you feel that and you're just like oh man i just love you so much you know i just Or, or like i'm so grateful to be here with you right now. I'm so thankful for you being here. Yeah. Like that, that whole like true appreciation of, of, of right now and everyone who's right here with you right now is, is simple. It's really simple. It's, it's mm-hmm. not, it's, I don't know, dude, it's, it's sadly counterintuitive because I don't know, for some reason we're programmed or taught or bred to just think about all this other shit and worry about all this other stuff and think about where am I going? Where's my career going? What should I do? Should I buy that house? Should I invest in that thing? Should I, I don't know, whatever. Uh, should I grab another drink when this one's done? Should I have more chicken for dinner? Uh, and, it, and if you just kind of turn that off, then, I don't know, everything becomes so much more beautiful in a weird yeah, way. Like, I, it sounds weird know. to say out loud, but, like, that's that's kind of the essence of it, right? Yeah, I think so. I, You know, and I, I think, like, the Zen practice, Zen and, and Stoicism are like brother and sister, if you ask me. Yeah. And I know people in Zen that if you told them that, they'd probably get pissed off, like, you know, because there's some, there's dogma in every religion and every yeah. kind of sect, and you're like, oh, no, it's not fucking that. Or, or, or if I went to a Zen Buddhist and I said, oh, you don't have to necessarily meditate and face a wall for eight hours a day. Oh, fuck that. You know, there's people that I know that if you even just throw a little mm-hmm. wrench into their they're the way that they perceive the world they're gonna flip the fuck out um but when you loosen your mind a little bit and just have a little bit more allowances for shit like this you know you can kind of see the usefulness of it and i i think stoicism is just an amazingly useful tool uh yeah yeah like to not i don't know overgrandize it or whatever like it's totally changed my life like finding it was just like oh my mm-hmm. god this this feels like the most worthwhile endeavor i could ever imagine um and it's not really a belief system it's a it's a um like a philosophy of life kind of a system you know it's like just your kind rules of, right it's like what your yeah. rules for life right yeah, yeah totally and then even like you said dude like finding similarities between zen and and stoicism may fucking piss off hardcore zen or even stoics or whatever but even yeah, within right. I've, I've read some books that really dig into the the practice and um, the tenets of stoicism or whatever, or just the nuts and bolts of it. And there's even like stoic purists who would get super pissed at more modern style stoics who, um, like there's this whole newer sect of like, um, entrepreneurial 
stoics who trying um, to make a million bucks yeah yeah right? yeah totally and use it as like mm-hmm. a, a business strategy um way of thinking um to kind of say hey don't focus on the things you can't control focus on the things you can control and use that um process as a way of driving revenue and fucking fine dude like it works i I, whatever dude like i mean (laughs) i'm not gonna be like oh well that's not stoicism you can't call it stoicism you're not a stoic like (laughs) good lord man i mean then then you're just getting caught in the minutiae of all the other shit you're trying to like cut out of your thought process just like ah hey go you you do you man i'm i'm enjoying my kids or i'm enjoying my my coffee or i'm doing i'm just enjoying the 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 fresh air i'm breathing right now i'm not worried about you if you're not gonna pick up all of stoicism you're damn you yeah yeah don't pick up any of it yeah yeah Yeah, no but i mean it's it is true like the uh they talk about um discipline in there a lot Mm -hmm. too right and and i love the one uh stoic that talks about you know always having like um a certain amount of time every day in order to do some kind of activity that is like helpful for you Uh um or or progresses a goal you know and it kind of reminds me like when i started uh my sql server website you know, I was, I was like, okay, one article a day, one article a day. Eventually, like I was getting a hundred thousand, uh, views, um, every month, you know, and then it just is, but it started from one article a day. Sure. And it was like, you know, it's like those little, just putting in just a little bit of effort every day, a little 20 minute sacrifice, you get, you see how it, it becomes something much larger and mm-hmm. something more beneficial and grows. Mm-hmm. That's the aspect of it that I really enjoy too. Yeah, 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 and and really never uh, assuming or planning on ever reaching the end. It's just an ongoing practice. So it's not like like you said with your blog, like you, you're ever thinking like, oh, in one day I'll attain uh, complete success with it and I'll be done. Like no, it's just an ongoing thing. The more articles you write, the more people you get, the more clicks you get, the more everything. It just grows and grows. And the same thing with. Um, stoic practice or zen buddhism practice or any of that like the more you practice it just kind of becomes an ingrained part of your life and you continue to benefit from it exponentially uh i don't know it's really neat yeah. and it's such a personal yeah. thing it's like i don't i don't know if it's easy or, or or okay to practice zen buddhism like totally on your own i'm sure it is like who's gonna fucking come to your house um hardcore zen buddhists are busy staring at a wall so what are they gonna fucking do about it so you can practice yeah. alone, right? Or just, but just like the whole stoic thing is very much an individual um, practice. It's very much this is just what I'm doing. There's no need for me to really even talk about it. This is just what I'm doing in my own head. Um, but at the same time, it's a very community-oriented way of thinking and globally-oriented way of thinking. Even like to part of it is the. Uh, the expectation or or that you should be doing things for other people for animals basically to benefit the whole world you know i mean there's like this whole thing where you really should be doing things for others um mm-hmm. which i like i'd like to do more yeah. of it but i do mm-hmm. some i've done i do more now than i ever used to um as far as just trying to give back in any way that i can uh mm-hmm. even down to weird little shit dude like walking down the street and seeing some trash instead of walking by it, like picking up the trash and throwing it away, like little things like that um, is something that's changed in me since I started um, trying, you know, and practicing stoicism. So it's all good shit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you too. I mean, I have a small but stupid example too. Like I was at a thrift store and um, I was, there's like, there's two beautiful teapots, these two small Japanese infusion teapots and here in Knoxville, they were probably, they may have been sitting there for a while. People probably didn't realize what they were, you know, but they mm-hmm. were like truly Japanese, small little infusion teapots. And I was like, damn, those are gorgeous. And I was like, I was going to buy two of them. And then I'm like, you know what? I only need one, you know? I mean, and this is just a stupid example, but mm-hmm. it's just like, it, it's like every day, it's like you kind of look at your own greed and, you know, do I need that? You yeah. Know, do I? You know, and it's like, yeah, I could have done that. What was like, what am I going to do? Go sell it on eBay or something? Like, no, but... just just have it. Yeah, just have it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I might have this one just up in my cabinet, you know. But no, it's an interesting. Yeah. That's that's a really great example of those little tiny things that you decide to do or not to do, or and and then with this practice, you become more conscious of those things. Of like, why do I need it? 
And it benefits the world if I leave one behind for someone else to appreciate. You know, like, yeah, I think this is great. Yeah. I appreciate it. I'd love to bring this home and appreciate it at my house and with my family. Um, but, yeah, why bogart it? Why get both? You know, why take why take 100% of the available beautiful teapots? Why not leave one for someone else to appreciate? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's some of the things that I do uh, respect with some of the Zen masters that I've followed in the past is that um, they wouldn't have shit. Like they yeah. would they would they would have like, you know, a few pairs of underwear and some clothes and but they they would have like the clothes on their back and they, they would hardly have anything. Yeah. And that that in itself is also kind of a and I'm not saying anybody has to do that. It's not like you have to do that unless you feel like unless you feel like that might benefit your life. You sure. know, and some people that would benefit their life. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's that one um lady that wrote that book, Marie something, it was about, you know, minimize minimalizing your life and getting rid of all the extra stuff. There's something mm -hmm. to that, mm -hmm. you know? Well, um, yeah, I think we so all accumulate. I mean, especially Americans, but I think just human nature is just, you accumulate so much crap. Like, you know, most people just would have bought both teapots because they were probably inexpensive and they're awesome. And there's yeah. only two. So it's like, oh, I'm fucking grabbing both. Maybe I'll give one to my mom or maybe I'll just whatever. And you put the other one in the closet and you never even look at it. And, mm -hmm. uh, I think we all do that to some degree. And the next thing you know, you got a house full of stuff. And it's like, um, I, I, I know who you're talking about. I can't remember her last name, but yeah, that lady, the, um, the cleaning expert whose whole thing is like decluttering your life. Like there's a right. lot of happiness to be gained from getting rid of shit. Um, so like, you know, we just don't need as much stuff, especially like clothes. Like I kind of, I haven't done it in a while, but I, I regularly go through my clothes and I get rid of and donate clothes I don't wear anymore. Um, I buy more clothes than I should. And, and I haven't cut that part of my life out. So the least I can do is, is, um, go through the clothes I'm not wearing anymore and donate them, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yep. like, like all my, you know, old Izod pants and, and that kind of thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> you got rid of everything but your Izod pants. Yeah, no, I'm huh? keeping those, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck the world. I'm keeping all those Izod pants. <laughs> and, uh, and, um, it's, it's, it's really like freeing to give stuff away maybe for me at least i don't know my wife doesn't feel the same way she she gets kind of tense when we get rid of stuff that we don't need anymore she always has like this fear of well what if we need it uh yeah, well we don't yeah. we haven't touched it in years it's been sitting in this closet so we we don't need it you know um and then she always comes back to well let's just give it to someone we know meaning let's just hold on to it until we what we offer this random weird ass thing to friends we never see because we don't go out anymore like what, what do you <laughs> how do you envision this happening you know to me it sounds like it's just going to keep sitting here and doing nothing <laughs> um so so mysteriously it just disappears one day because uh, <laughs> oh, i just because oh, mike yeah. yeah that's what i do i just make it disappear but <laughs> like uh yeah i know i like getting rid of stuff it feels good yeah yeah yeah, decluttering is really nice. Uh -huh. I, I've cleaned up my garage kind of recently and just, man, it's just so nice to um, be able to see the floor again. <laughs> you know? uh, it wasn't that dirty, but, you know, it was uh, it was kind of messy. Well, like, it, it happens fast, dude, especially for me or after the holidays. Like, when Christmas comes, I get all the Christmas decorations down from the rafters and the boxes and tubs are kind of all over the, the garage floor and all the decorations are in the house. And then Christmas is over and we gradually clean it all up and box it all back up. And my garage just just becomes like this just trash bin of crap and uh, stressful for me. I hate it. And I can't wait until the holidays are over so I can put all that stuff like away and organize it away and like clear my garage out because I love space. I just love open floor and, and space. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yep. Um, I do. So I don't know. I think it's, uh, I think there's definitely something to that not owning a lot of stuff. I can't get on board with like having like literally nothing. Cause I do like stuff. I like gadgets. I like, I like stuff, but you know, when I'm done with stuff, I, I don't want, I don't have any reason to hold on to it. I'll get rid of it. Give it to someone else who wants to try it out. You know what? I seem to not ever have enough of Bluetooth speakers. <laughs> I want a Bluetooth speaker in every fucking room, man. I'm like, Oh, where's my Bluetooth speaker? Oh, where I could use my Bluetooth speaker right now. Because, you, you know, when you want to listen to music, yeah, you want it right there. Yeah. Like, you know it would be great right now while I'm washing dishes? Fucking music. Well... You know, or or while I'm in the shower. Do you do you listen to music in the shower? 
No, no. I own a waterproof you a waterproof Bluetooth speaker. No, I shower really quickly. I, I don't really get to take like leisurely enjoying my shower showers. Uh, I just yeah. kind of I gotta go wash my ass real quick. Like I just I just go shower <laughs> real quick. I gotta go do a bird bath real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do I do plenty of those too? Yeah, like baby wipes under the armpit kind of deal. Like I just need to not stink real quick. Like yeah, yeah. that that happens. Um, yeah. But I listen to music everywhere except if I'm alone. Instead of music, I'm listening to audiobooks all the time. Oh, right, yeah. Um, so I've got uh-huh. earbuds in my ear. Like, if, if, if I'm the only one up in the morning, like, working out or doing dishes or making breakfast or whatever I'm doing, if I'm alone, I'm, I'm listening to an audiobook. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have my headphones in a lot, too. Yeah. And uh, does your wife get mad at that? Uh, sometimes, you're, you're like, I'll be doing dishes, so my hands are wet. And I got an audiobook playing in my ear, and she'll walk in and start talking to me, and I'm just like kind of blankly looking at her. And then after a few minutes, I realize she's not going to stop talking. So then I'm like, hold on. I kind of hold up my finger like, wait one sec, dry off my hands, turn off my Bluetooth, and I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> she's She's been talking for like several minutes. I'm like, it's, it's kind of a hassle to stop the audiobook with my hands wet, you know? Oh, yeah, no. I get I get the stink eye if I have the, the headphones in. And so, so the worst is when you have the headphones in and she's talking to you, you say, what? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like, well, and, and to make it even worse is when you've been staring at her talk for like five minutes and then you're just like, all right, I can see you're not going to stop. Like, one sec, let me let me turn this yeah. off here. All right, yeah, now, I mean, what was that you're saying? <laughs> Man, do yeah. you listen to uh, your, your, ear, your earphones? Are they wired or Bluetooth? I have both Bluetooth and wired, but I, I like to use the wired ones uh-huh. when I can. Yeah. You know, more often just because I, re- I don't know. There's something I, I don't know if I trust 1.44 gigahertz uh, wave spectrum uh, on my head. That's, you know what I mean? In uh, my ear. Continuously. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. In my ear. I'm yeah. with you, dude. And I try to use wired when I can. Um, wearing wired while I'm working out is like it works okay. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know, dude, while I'm doing dishes or just doing my thing in the morning and all that, like, the wire just gets in the freaking way, man. And uh, It does. And then I get lazy, and I'm like, screw it, dude. I just pop in my awesome Bluetooth earbuds, and they sound great. They're free. I mean, they're like, there's no wire. It's great. But then, yeah, dude, like, I I don't know. I, I try not to use the Bluetooth, but I do all the time. And you're saying that because it is the same frequency as a microwave oven. Um, right? Yeah, I'm not sure of the similarity in the frequency. It I just, is. I just know it's like not good to have you know waves going yeah. into your head. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's the crazy thing that like I didn't realize, and when I found that out, that it was the same frequency. I mean, of course, we're talking about the wattages. Of course, that's massively different. Right? Sure. And and an, and a microwave oven is not omnidirectional. It's you know, unidirectional. So it's very directional and it, and it can really intensely uh, place microwaves in a, in a location. Yeah. But I mean, still it's the same frequency, Yeah, you know? So it's like, it can't, it can't be good for you. It can't be good for you. No, no, but, no, no, it can't. You know? No, no, it can't. Yeah. Um, but then I'm, I try to weigh like, all right, how bad is it for me? Like, am I probably going to be okay? Or am I definitely yeah. getting brain cancer? Like, ah, I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't yeah. know. Um, so I try to use wired, but, uh, I'm with I you. Do. I still use the motherfucker. Sometimes. Yeah, I yeah. use the Bluetooth. I mean, I, pretty often. this stuff is just all around us constantly, anyway. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're you're bathing in in Wi-Fi wherever the hell you go, and now 5G is is penetrating our lives. Yeah. yeah. Which, dude, uh, don't get me started on 5G. Like, really? I didn't. I didn't think you'd be a 5G conspiracy theorist. Oh no, no, uh, no. I'm a 5G. It doesn't fucking work theorist. Like. They told oh. me it would be faster and awesome, and it's slower and sucks. Like, it doesn't work. Like, what the fuck, dude? If yeah. you're going to radiate me and spend all this money on infrastructure, like, at least make my fucking web experience faster. It's not even that. Right. Yeah. 4G was better. Yeah. Uh-huh. Even when it says, yeah, like I've a- got full 5G. I It sucks. Oh. oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's millimeter, millimeter wavelength. And it goes from uh, 5 gigahertz to up to 60 gigahertz. It is used as a military weapon. Oh. That, that is literally, they have, uh, you can see demon- demonstrable 5G weapons. You can find it on YouTube where they have like a uh, mounted on the back of a, a, a Humvee or whatever. And it's like kind of, I don't know, maybe um, 
you know, a two foot by two foot round cylinder and they can shoot the 5G and then it'll hit somebody and it just stops them. They're just like, whoa, it, it'll just stop you in your tracks. Wow. And it's one of those things where, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> That's and nuts. The, 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 uh, the telltale sign of this is that it doesn't go through human bodies. Where like 4G, it will pass through uh, objects. It will pass. It will pass through your body. What 5G will not pass through your body. Huh. Well, I'm not. I'm not like a. I don't know a nuclear scientist or whatever. But if it doesn't pass through my my body, I, I'm pretty sure that means I'm absorbing this shit. That sounds bad. Yeah, like I I don't want the buck to stop with me. Like pass through me is fine. Maybe it's so a don't. Maybe it's a uh, um a countermeasure against living longer. Like yeah. people are living longer and the government's like, yeah, we can't have that. We can't have a bunch of 125 year olds walking around. Like uh, we need to thin the herd. So yeah. maybe they're just going to give us all cancer at a younger age. Yeah. It could be. Yeah. Dicks. At least give us faster Wi-Fi while you radiate us. I know. Like why yeah, does it make the Wi-Fi worse? Like, fine, you're killing me. I get it. You hate me. Um, but why, why are you fucking up my internet? Like, why, why is my YouTube buffering? I've got 5G. I, I should be screaming on the internet right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no. And with 5G, you know, and then the other thing too is LiDAR. These phones have LiDAR on them now. Mm. Like the iPhone 12, it has LiDAR that you can't turn off. I don't know what frequency that is or anything, but LiDAR is always on. It's always sending out signals. It's always bouncing shit off of inanimate objects and mapping in 3D your whole fucking room and your house and every object that you have in it, they they can figure out everything that that phone sees. They can create a, a 3D model of it if they wanted wow. to. Wow. They're like, this guy has way too much stuff. He needs to declutter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's hey, that that's my defense right there. I have way too much stuff. They can't, like, they can't hone out you're, specific You're maxing objects. out their servers like, far too much stuff. We can't possibly map it all. Oh, my God. Yeah, this guy has this way too insane. many knickknacks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's why I got my beard, too, so it just uh, it diffuses. They're just like, is is there a the bush LIDAR. in his house? A walking, talking bush? <laughs> like, what are we what are we LIDARing right now? Is that? Yeah. <laughs> it's a stealth mode. Is, is, is stealth that a mode giant right sponge? What, what are we? What the hell is that? Yeah, dude, I'm like a B1 bomber, man. I, I walk into the room, the phones are just like, whoa, what? We can't detect. We detect something moving, but we don't know how big it is or anything. We think you're like it's de- the burning it's diffusing bush. diffusing our sonar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be your name. You're the burning bush. The burning bush. Yes. I like that. Yeah. That's my code word for weed. Yeah. Burning bush. <laughs> burning bush. That's not very obscure. That's That's a little bit too on the nose. Yeah, I thought that too. You know, a story about Burning Bush. Somebody, somebody I know that would mow the lawn wrote me one time, and he was like, "Hey, do you want a Burning Bush?" And he was also the guy that sold me wheat. Yeah. You know? So I was like, "Fuck yeah, I want some Burning Bush." Yeah, bring it on over. You know, dude. and he, and I I said, "How much?" He's like, "Oh, I was just you know," and he thought that I was talking about an actual fucking Burning Bush. I never know there was something a real thing as a burning bush well it's a so, it's a biblical story uh i don't know the story in detail but yeah the burning bush is a uh some bullshit from the bible well there actually is a plant too that somehow people are calling a burning bush and i'm sure that's a reference me. to the bible story mm, no he literally offered me a, a physical burning bush like a He's bush like, that's hey, on you fire you're like nah bro i'm good i don't want a flaming <laughs> plant no I'm, I'm cool thank you well, I don't know if I don't know if he would have lit it on fire or not, but I, I have a feeling that. Oh, like it's a uh, plant called the burning bush, and he asked if yeah. you wanted some. You're like, eh, uh-huh. nah. yeah, sounds like venereal yeah. disease. Yeah, and you see how I got confused. He's, he's also my weed seller. Yeah, yeah. So you're like, like, yeah, I would like, sure, yeah, bro. Yeah, I'm running low. Yeah, yeah, I want some burning bush. Yeah, <laughs> is that some rad no. new chronic? Or I don't know what that is, but yeah. I'll take some. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, I got to run, D. Short on time. Um, okay. Super stoked we got to connect. I missed yeah. you. This was a lot of fun. It's always fun talking to you. Same here, dude. Same here, man. I'm glad we did it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. We'll, All right. We'll connect we'll, soon. We'll do it again soon, man. And uh, I'm okay. sure if we talk next week, your bush will be twice as big and extra burning. Ooh, I'll show it to you. <laughs> <laughs> that might that might violate the uh, the Zoom 
terms and conditions. Oh, you got to show sure. me your eyes out. I want to see your eyes out, too. They're just pants. They're fucking golf pants. They're like just dude, gray dude, pants. What's a coincidence that I brought up eyes and your asses was wearing an eyes Well, a, to be fair, co- I wear oh, them. That's a coincidence. To, it's a coincidence. To be fair, I wear them every day. I own five pairs, and there's five work I days. I know that. How do I know? You ever I, told me that you wear eyes pants? I'm very How systematic. I, I bought a pair and I was like, these are comfortable and they look nice. So I will buy five pair and wear them every day. And that's been my plan for like a year. <laughs> well, I still want a picture of them so I can send them to the boys and make fun of you. All right. Yeah. Well, you could really okay. send a picture and be like, look, Mike's wearing Izod. Fuck yeah. Fuck. From Dickies to I- Izod pants. Oh, man. Yeah. I've become so much less cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, now I'm thoroughly depressed, Eric. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. All right. I did my job. Well, All right. great talking to you, brother. Stoicism will help you. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't control what you say, but I can control the way I feel about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Take it easy, brother. All right. Great to see you. All right. See you, man. I did have a black roommate for a few years. Um, his name was Lou. And I'm, I won't lie, he ate a lot of chicken. Hey, this is Mike. Thanks so much for joining us. We really, really do appreciate you. And we hope you're enjoying the show. Derek and I sure have a ton of fun doing it for you. If you'd like to support the show, that would be great. Um, You could follow or subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcast app. Uh, Also, if you want to like the show or leave a good review, that would be cool. Let us know we're doing a good job. We'd appreciate it. Uh, In most podcast apps, you can also click the little bell icon thing, and that means you'll get a notification on your phone every time we put out a new episode. So that's kind of cool. Also, if you want to reach out and say what's up, we'd love to hear from you. You can hit us up on Twitter at Derek and Mike Pod. We're also on Instagram as Derek and Mike, or you can go to our website, DerekandMike.com. And if you want to go super old school and antisocial, you could even shoot us an email, info at DerekandMike.com. Thanks again for listening. We really, really do appreciate you, and we look forward to talking to you again next time.